return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah. So I want to just talk about identity as far as a champion. Kids rock back there. Yeah, thanks, Diana. Ages three to first grade, they can head back there for that too. So welcome to all those Facebook Live from wherever you're at. Uh, we've just been visiting uh, privately about missions around the world and what God is doing, how he's moving by his Holy Spirit, and he's moving where you're at also. So whatever country or whatever place or in your living room, he's moving there too. Hallelujah. Jesus won the victory for us. He is the champion. And where does he live? Well, he lives in us. We have the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Now, most of the time, we walk by how we feel or how we think we look or all those things, kind of what the world might tell us. But we want to walk and live our lives according to what the Bible may tell us. When we do that, then we have this feedback up here. Got to turn it down. When we do that, then something changes on the inside of us, how we, how we see ourselves. It's like Jeannie and I, we're just normal, rural American people. We would have never thought years ago we'd travel the world like we do, go to many nations, 13 nations, many, many trips through the years. All we've done is walk through doors. All we've done is do what God asks us to do. Talk about Jesus, proclaim Jesus Christ, lift up Jesus Christ. Not hard to do. But, but it's just the same. You, to do it, you have to realize who lives in you. Years ago, there was a quarterback from Michigan who was drafted in the seventh round, sixth round, 198 players drafted in front of him, and he looked like he didn't look, he didn't look overly strong. He didn't have a particularly strong arm as a quarterback. He was an average college quarterback, but a team called New England picked him seeing some potential on the inside of him. Now, you fast forward many years, he's won more Super Bowl rings than any team has ever gone to the Super Bowl, period. He has seven Super Bowl rings. He's what everybody would call the GOAT, the greatest of all time as far as quarterbacks, probably, probably, statistically is, one more than anybody else. And yet here was this guy, here's this guy who was very, very ordinary, but who rose to the, cho- to the top. A champion isn't a person who never makes a mistake. And I think we get bogged down so many times in our Christianity, be it witnessing or praying, like, like if we make a mistake or something doesn't happen, then we recoil back and think, I'm not going to do that again. That isn't, that isn't how life works. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to make mistakes. Okay, you're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. You might say something, you think, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. You might pray for somebody, maybe he's not seeing anything happen. But that isn't the point. You're not the healer. You're not the one who saves people. Jesus is. So all we are is a conduit, a vessel to transmit the love of Jesus, right? So, so this guy goes out 
And rather than seeing himself as maybe some quarterback, in fact, everybody else who was ever drafted prior to him through history, no one's playing today, he just, he just retired. He played longer than anybody played in history. But he saw himself as something different, and so he went out and did something different. A champion is someone who rises above their circumstances. A champion is someone who goes beyond what maybe life looks like life limits are. Steph Curry is a champion in the NBA. He's got, he's got uh, NBA championship rings, MVP things, just like Tom Brady does in football. And yet Steph Curry misses most of the shots that he takes. But we consider him, oh, man, he's just such a tremendous shooter and all the things that he does and all the accolades. But he misses more than he makes. I can go to games and I'll see somebody miss a shot and they go, oh, you know, like I missed a shot. Uh, and welcome to life. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to miss shots. You're going to miss shots. That's how things are. But it isn't, focus don't point, people don't focus on the misses, they focus on the makes. In fact, fact, a guy last night was playing in Frost Arena who missed a lot, a lot of shots. But he made one at the very end of the game that really made the difference in the game. So what what do you keep doing? Well, you keep shooting, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, keep shooting. You keep doing it. You keep going back at it. When you know something spiritually is right, you keep going to do it again and again. A champion, again, is someone who, who surpasses the, the circumstances or overcomes the, the circumstances in life. You have a champion living on the inside of you. Quickly, let's go through some verses. First Peter 5. First Peter 5 says we have one adversary. So you have... You have an adversary, singular. That adversary is the devil. It's not people. It's, it's a spiritual force, right? It's a spiritual demonic entity that is against us. And the biggest tool the devil has is lies, right? Walks, he's, he's like a lion who has no teeth. So he speaks. He's been, he's been the, Jesus has won the victory already over him, but he has lies, now, if I don't know the truth of God's word, then it's easier for me to listen to the lies that would put me down, that would say, you can't do this, <laughs> right? Even, even people like, like, you know, Ari, you're 70, you're 70, you're doing that, you can't do that. Oh, I'll just watch us. I guess we will. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy when we have the promises of God. The promises always trumped the lies. We talked about doors, 1 Corinthians 16.9. Uh, we talked about doors last week and the week before. A lot of doors, but people tend to focus on the adversaries rather than the effective door of ministry. Of course there's adversaries. Of course there's things that come against us in life. But God has caused us to rise above it. And that's because of the identity that we have on the inside of us, who is Jesus Christ, the champion. So we want to fix our eyes, as Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus. You want to just make them steadfast so they're on the one who is the author and finisher of your faith. They're on the one who can help you all the time. They're on the one who can make a way where there seems to be no way. They are on the one, our eyes are on the one who we walk toward a door and then it opens. We're walking by faith, not by sight. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 just says, you don't watch the wind waiting for the conditions to be perfect. If you do, you'll never sow. If you look at the clouds, you'll never reap, harvest. You don't want to allow your circumstances to control your life. 
Now, a lot of people think nowadays like mortgage rates are high and all oh, things like in the economy and so forth. Well, those are just people that haven't lived very long yet. In the 1980s, there was a savings and loan crisis and so forth. It hit savings and loan institutions and so forth across our country. There was a farm crisis that affected farmers and so forth with high interest rates. There was an oil crisis. There was oil embargoes. There was inflation. Inflation was about 13%. Unemployment went to 11%. Mortgage rates went to 18%. This is the early 1980s, all right? It was at that time, ironically, at that time, the Lord said, I want you to step out in faith and pioneer this church. So, so first of all, pioneering a church that is non-denominational is new, different, novel. And then doing it when there's, a, there's this, all this crisis going on, people would think, we lost our minds. And to some degree, I did, and Jeannie did. We, had, we took on the mind of Christ. We lost our mind, analytically thinking, trying to analyze all the stuff and focused on Jesus just to follow what Jesus asked us to do. And what happened is we overcame we were kind of oblivious to all of the circumstances, oblivious to all the things or the naysayers and stuff like that. We, didn't, we, didn't, we weren't watching the wind. We weren't looking at the clouds. If you wait for circumstances to line up, you might never do anything. You don't want circumstances to control your life. You want the Holy Spirit to control your life. You want the Holy Spirit to guide you. You want to listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit may not always make sense in a worldly manner, but it does make sense in a heavenly manner. And so when you follow and listen to the Holy Spirit, he's going to guide you sometimes through doors. You think, I don't know if I can. Don't look at that. Look at him. And he will make a way and he will anoint you and he will help you. Amen. See, I, I... my, my biggest, one of my biggest problems in life is my brain thinks too much. So I have an education. I had a science education. And so many times through the years, I've tried to get out of my brain, my science brain, into the faith brain to what God wants to do. Science says one thing. Faith says another thing. We pray for people that in the natural think there is no answer here, no natural answer but Jesus. And then the Lord says, I want you to touch them. And we touch them. And we pray for them. We've seen amazing things happen. But that isn't all, that's not in the natural. That's in the supernatural. So you have an identity to realize this one who lives in you is, is the healer. He's the savior. He's the one who created it all. And he lives on the inside of us. And he wants to be released from the inside to the outside. He wants to come out. Now, he comes out through our actions, through our voice. That's how he's released. Now, so if you never speak anything, nah, nothing's happening. But when you speak and when you act, all of a sudden you release the Holy Spirit to do supernatural things. That in the natural, you think, oh, that's not possible. In the natural, you might think, ah, that isn't good. But again, you don't want to look at the natural. We look back on it and we, we see why our parents to some degree thought we were crazy. They're crazy. You know, they're crazy people. And it's like... Now I understand being a parent and a grandparent, I think, yeah, we did look a little crazy. But, but really, we were walking in his peace. And we had, we had faith that God was going to work. And indeed, he did. We didn't always understand things. In fact, somebody said, said, you'll never make it. You'll fail. This is wrong and so forth. And I said, I remember making this comment to a minister. I said, we'll know in two years. We'll know in two years. We'll see what happens. Going to walk through the door. We might, might sink and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Or we might be walking on the water. 
If you never take a risk, you're never going to know what's going to happen. Everyone, everyone, every player who's playing today, and we'll just, there's a lot of sports going on today, but just as far as the big game, the Super Bowl, every player who's playing in that game is nervous. Every player. And it doesn't matter how many times they've played in the game. Tom Brady could have been playing in his ninth Super Bowl, and he'd be nervous ahead of the game. You'd ask him, he'd, he'd admit it. Yeah, I was nervous before that game. Why? Because you're always stepping into another new territory. You might think you've already been to a Super Bowl. Not, this is a new one again. Every day is a new day. Every experience is new. We've been to the place in South, in, in, in Asia, many times. But every time is new. Sometimes we've seen, of course, healings and so forth, but sometimes demonized people set free, you know, just flying on the floor and so forth. Like, wow, you know. It's almost like we're watching a movie, except we're in the movie. <laughs> and, and people just watching, and someone gets set free, and then they're smiling. Everybody's happy, and the next person budges forward for prayer. God wants to move by His Spirit. He wants to, you know, you might always think when we stepped out again this time, and we're thinking... We were in a place and we had an outdoor service. They think, oh, should we do this? But then we just, they just said, you're going to do it. And I thought, well, we're going to do it. Walked out there like you'd think we, everything was all planned. And it was all planned by the Holy Ghost. All planned at the last minute. All planned with people set out and so forth to monitor things. It was planned and it, and it worked beautifully. And God touched a lot of lives. So if you don't challenge your comfort zone, you'll always settle your comfort zone. If you don't stretch your limits, you'll set your limits. So you have to, like your, your muscles are like, like rubber bands. You have to stretch. Say stretch. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to stretch more. You got to stretch more. You got to stretch your muscles to do things that you maybe have never done before. Or maybe if you're older, you think, well, I did that years ago, but what about today? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're alive. It's never too late. <laughs> You're out. I mean, you people here, you're all out. So, so it's never too late. This is, these are days of opportunity. So we have this champion living on the inside of us that wants to come out of us to touch the world around us. So Paul said, I'm going to go to Philippians a second, Philippians 3. Paul's whole life, well, to this point, Paul was, he was raised at the feet of Gamaliel. He knew all about the law. He, he understood the law. He, he, he uh, persecuted those who did not do the law. He witnessed people's death who did not follow the law. He was, he was, his whole life was on the wrong track. Now, on the road to Damascus, he has the vision of Jesus and so forth, and he gets saved, he gets baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit and so forth, and his life now gets on the right track. Now he has a champion living in him. Now he's willing not... Before he put people to death, now he's willing to be one of those put to death because of who's living on the inside of him. It's amazing. So Paul says, he says, I don't think I've, I really don't think that I've already won it. The one thing I do, I forget what is behind me to the best to reach what is ahead. Now we've said this before, your car, you're going to drive your car looking through your front windshield, which is a lot bigger than looking through your rear view mirror. Because the reason it's big is because you're going forward. Say forward. forward. You're going forward in life. God didn't mean for us to go backwards. Incidentally, all the armor of God is on your front. So he didn't give any armor for your hind end. All right? Put the armor on the front. 
Because, because the progress of a Christian is forward. And incidentally, it's not ever, it's not a, not a retreat. When it says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, it just means the church is ramming the gates of hell and pushing back the gates of hell. People so many times understand, the gates of hell won't prevail. It's like, you don't fight with the gate. Hello? The gates are closed to keep Christians back. But I love what Reinhard Bonnke said years ago in his book, we plunder hell to populate heaven. And so you push forward through those gates of hell to take back the ground that is ours, to have dominion that he gave us in the first place, amen, to reach more souls, to reach more Christians. So Paul is saying, I, I don't, I, I'm forgetting what's behind me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to reach forward what's ahead. No, he says, I'm going to run straight toward the goal in order to win the prize which God's called through Christ Jesus' life above. So it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep moving forward. Just redeem the time you have. Redeem this day. Redeem your moments for Christ. Some of you are students at SDSU. Well, you're only going to be here a short season, and then you're going to be some other place. But you want to make it the most of your time right now. We've seen people leave the campus and they've got great degrees, but also they're ministering for Christ all over the world. I love that. Because of things they've learned and heard and seen and seen here and so forth. You want to make the most of your time for Jesus. You want the champion to come out of you. You want to drive into your future with him, you know, doing the driving. Amen. All you're doing is saying, yes, Lord. Jesus said in John 16, I've overcome the world, all right? So he said in John 16, I've spoken to you in the world. Yeah, you'll have trouble, but notice I have overcome the world. Now, this is, this is a done deal already. So in other words, he defeated the works of the devil so that we can walk on the devil, so that we can walk in victory, don't have to be depressed, don't have to be down, but we can be up, looking at Jesus our identity in him, and doing what he's called us to do. So he's already overcome the world. Now, now for me, all I have to do is live in him, and I just by happening, then I can conquer things also. You can conquer your world. Just think somebody here is feeling like you don't have a lot of hope. I don't know who it is, feeling like you don't have a lot of hope, but your hope is in Jesus. Your hope is in Jesus. Someone says, what's the purpose of life? There's not, not a purpose in life. The purpose of life is to take the opportunities. That's what makes your purpose in life. Take the opportunities you have, then you find purpose. But sometimes people, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? Just start doing something, and you find your purpose then. You make purpose. You make opportunities. You don't have to be hope, hopeless. You can be hopeful because of what Jesus has done. If I run from my circumstances, I won't overcome my circumstances. If I run from my fears, I'll never conquer fear. If I run from my insecurities, I'll never conquer my insecurities. I like it, you know, this church gives a lot of opportunities where people might get up, but even kids can get up here to sing or something. What happens, people, you conquer insecurities. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't ever stand in front of people. Of course you can't. Of course you can. I remember we were standing in front of a group years ago in the Philippine Islands, and again, we walked through doors. We didn't plan. People just, just oh, come over here now. We want you to come over here and sing. And we thought, okay, so we go over this place. Where we walked into a trap, and we didn't realize it. I mean, I think the person meant well, 
But we wa- what we walked into was a meeting of Muslim men, and we didn't realize it. And so we started singing about Jesus. And as we were singing about Jesus, you could see they were chafing. It was, it was only, it was a very brief, brief time on that platform, maybe less than 10 minutes. And the person said, okay, let's go this way. <laughs> and we all went out a back door before they rushed the platform. But you could see, as we were singing, thinking, I don't, we're singing a song, but your mind is going, I don't think they like this. I don't think they, they're not happy about this. And they weren't happy about it. But if you don't stretch your limits, you're going to set them. If you don't face your fears, you'll never do anything. Some people have fears, and pretty soon they don't even drive a car anymore. Something happened. Well, I'm not going to do that. This happened. I'm not going to do that. Sometimes they say if something happens in life, the best thing you can do is go back and do it again. I remember after 9-11, my daughter had a conference in New York, medical conference in New York, and the planes just started to fly. And it was like, she said, I don't know, boy, to fly now again after 9-11, all the stuff like that. And I said, honey, don't worry about a thing. That plane's probably never more safe than right now. She got on that plane, flew out there with three people on the plane. Nobody else in the plane because of fear. I said, I wouldn't worry about a thing. I'd get on the plane, go to your conference. And she did. Because you know they're going to check that plane ten times. You know they're going to search everybody every possible way. Sometimes we're getting on planes in this last trip again. We, we go through a security line. Then we go through another security line. Then we have our boarding pass. We're finally getting on the plane and so forth. We come around the corner. Here's another security check. And they're patting us down and so forth. And I said, pat away. Doesn't bother me. I, yeah. Bomb dogs, yeah. Sniff away here. I like security. I like that. Because why? We're going to get on there and we're going to enjoy our, as much as we can, enjoy 11-hour flight. We're going to get on enjoy the flight. If you, don't, if you don't face things, you run away from them. This is anything. Every one of us has failed. Every one of us has failed at numerous things in life. You might have failed at a relationship. Might have failed in school. Might have failed in athletics. Might have failed in music. Might have failed in a job. Might have failed in everything. However, you want to go back and do it again. As much as you can, of course, you know. You want to go back and do it again. Right? Because if you don't, all of a sudden you shrink back and you determine, I can't do it. No, the one inside of you says you can do it. I remember throwing an interception in a game. I come off the field, and the coach comes to me and says, what'd you throw it at him for? And I thought, do you think I planned to, you know? <laughs> it's very hard to do what these guys do. People watch, people watch a game on TV, and they think, oh, man, look at how good that is. You have no idea how hard that is. No idea to stand behind these huge people in front of you, and you're looking at four different options to throw to, and you have to make up your mind in a second. And you walk to the line, and in once people have very quick minds. They walk to the line, and boom, in one second they recognize they got this, they got this coverage. They know what they're doing. That's unbelievably hard. I said to the coach, well, I didn't plan to throw it at him. Just happened. Didn't see him. Okay, what are you going to do? Go back and do it again. Right? So many things in life we regress. We pull back. It's like if you touch something, a burner hot, what do you, what's the natural thing? is? ooh. It's hot. You recoil because it was a hot burner. You don't want to get burned. 
But on the other hand, in life, yeah, there are all kinds of things. Oh, got burned there. Oh, that, that was hurtful. Oh, that didn't go good. But you want to go back and do it again. Turn to your neighbor and say, do it again. It might not have worked the first time. Just go do it again, right? All right, let's go to 1 John 5 a second. 1 John 5, a couple more verses. 1 John 5, when you're born again, notice, everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. Now, this is quite a statement. This already says you have the conqueror. You have the identity of a champion in you. Everyone, say everyone. Everyone that's born of God is, 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 not will be, is victorious and overcomes the world. I just say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, re- I receive that. You have the DNA of Jesus Christ. You have, you have perfect DNA in you to do the impossible, to overcome things that you didn't think were possible, <laughs> you know, to do things that you didn't think were possible. You have the identity of the overcomer. Amen. You can, defeat, you can defeat anything. So everyone, say everyone, born of God. So when you're born again, the victorious champion moves on the inside of us. We have the witness of the Holy Ghost, is victorious and overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes, the victory that's conquered and overcome. Our continuing persistent faith. Say faith. You're here today because of faith. You're listening today because of faith, because you have faith in Jesus Christ, probably, right? That's why you're listening, or you're interested anyway. And when you have that faith, something's activated in the spiritual realm. Your faith is in the one who you know can do it. (laughs) He can do it all, amen? So who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? He He that believes, recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. We would all say that, amen? Jesus is the Son of God. That qualifies you. That puts you in that spot. You ha- you're victorious. You're an overcomer. You have it already. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got it already? Got it. It's not someday. It's today. It's, today. it's right now. So when you believe the Word of God, all of a sudden you can begin walking with that DNA, walking in His promises, walking in that identity for what He wants you to do. Let me skip down to Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6 says we have confidence. Now, I'm convinced and confident of this very thing. He's begun a good work in you, will continue to perfect, complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, perfect just means that he's going to bring maturity. All right? Confidence. Confidence comes as you continue to train, as you continue to build your faith, as you continue to practice. What will, what will every athlete do? They'll practice, practice, practice. And then, of course, you get experience in a game. Now, games are different than practice. Someone the other day said to me, "Say, boy, in practice, I make all those shots. I said, I know, but now this is the game. So the game is different. Game is now all of a sudden you have pressure. Now someone's guarding you and so forth. Now you have to make the shots. Now, how do you do that? By practice. By experience, right? That's how you gain confidence. The thing, the, thing uh, uh, the other day, there was a team... They lost, well, earlier in the year, they lost their starting quarterback, then they lost their next quarterback, then they lost their next quarterback, and finally, to finish the game, they had their halfback as a quarterback. And, and uh, uh, you know, that guy, now he's a great halfback, but not a quarterback. So his confidence level is low. I was at an alumni thing in, uh, last fall, and this one guy came up who was the fullback, and he, I forgot all about it, but he says, yeah, that game you got injured. He said, we didn't have anybody else. I had to play quarterback. And I think, How'd you do? How'd you do? And he said it was terrible. 
Felt like you had a little chicken arm to throw. You gain confidence by doing things. So in, in college or high school or elementary school, what do you do? You have a grade and you do stuff. You, you do English and math and so forth. And then you pass into the next grade. And you keep building on that year to the next year. And so you keep building on subsequent years on what you previously did. You gain confidence. So if you were a senior and you looked at somebody as a freshman, you'd think, oh, that's easy. That's freshman stuff. That's just easy. And it is because they've gained confidence. But to the freshman, it's not. It's new to them. You go to college, a person that's a freshman, it's all new. Like, oh, man, class schedules and this and that. And someone who's a senior, it's, it's a piece of cake. It's not hard at all. You gain confidence. Same thing in life, though. Are you going to have times that don't work out? Yes, you will. <laughs> Are you have times you think you made a decision, but maybe it didn't turn out to be a good one? That happens. All right? Don't jump on the devil's team and beat yourself up. Don't condemn yourself. In Christ, there's not condemnation. In Christ, there's edification. He will build you up. He'll come and say, Ah, let's do it again. And he'll lift you up. He's never there to put you down. He's never there to criticize like, you really blew it. I mean, he did say to the disciples, where's your faith? But it's not like, where's your faith? Like that. He says, where's your faith? You can do this. You can do this. You You got my help here. So we build confidence. It isn't just, just boom, I got confidence. No, you build it all the time. So you do more, do more, do more, do more in life. When you're older in life, you know, I think, speak for a lot of people, you get older in life, you think, boy, I wish I knew then what I know now. Because you just have more confidence. You just know more, right? But, but when you're young, you're learning things. That's how it is. So you know how it is when you're young. You know everything more than your mom and dad, you know. Oh, mom and dad don't know anything. And, of course, the older you get, you realize they knew a lot of things, you know. So confidence is something we grow, we practice, we train, we discipline, And it causes us to rise up. Yesterday's history, today's a new day. It's a new day for each of us. It's a new day, your identity in Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus. Look to his word, amen? Look to his word. His word is good, especially New Testament. If you don't have a lot to read, time, read the New Testament. Read the Gospels. And he will always speak things to you that are good. He wants to build you up because he wants to use you. He's going to lead you to doors that you think, I don't know if I could go through it. Some of you have come from other countries. You came here, first time in the United States, you come here and walk through a brand new door. All new. But I'm glad you got on the plane. Then I'm glad some have come in the winter, like January. Oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. They, they They got out of the airport. You know, it's cold. It's different. You learn. You build confidence in life. Sometimes people have had a divorce. All right, go on. Turn to your neighbor and say, go on. Go on. Okay? It's never over till it's over. So God's plan is to use you to your last breath. Amen? He wants to use you to your last breath. You're, not, you're never discarded. Uh, you're not qualified anymore. No, no, no. He qualifies us. All right? So because of that, you know, I'm just so thankful for grace, and I'm thankful for what he wants to do today. This is a good day. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is a good day. (laughs) So, Father, I thank you today that the champion lives in us. 
that you are the great I am. You are the overcomer. Lord, in spite of all the turmoil in the world, Lord, we can overcome and we can live this victorious life. We give you praise for this, Father. I thank you for the victory that's here today. I thank you for the prayers that were prayed before, Lord, as people prayed for each other, Lord, that you're answering prayer. I thank you, Lord, for people that join us on Facebook around the world, that you're moving around the world. What a great day to be alive for you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that these are bright days, good days, glorious days. Hallelujah. Opportunity days, Lord, to, to walk through new doors. Thank you, Jesus, that you are, you're in us. You're our identity. And Lord, you're strong and you're mighty and you're loving and you're gracious. And I thank you for blessing each person in this place and each person listening to us now and each person who shares this with somebody else. I just thank you for blessing their lives, causing them to rise higher and using them more than they ever thought possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's stand a second. Lift up your hands, Father. I just pray that your love, the tenderness, the grace of your son, Jesus, presence of the Holy Spirit would bring happiness, would bring hope, would bring encouragement to every heart here this day, this week, the days coming in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, reach out, shake some hands with somebody. All right, bless them. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.